everybody, thank you so much for tuning in to the program. I am so honored to have a guest that I've been following for a long time. He's a voice that is out there boldly. And when I say bold, I mean bold, speaking the word of God without fear in this generation, which we're so thankful for. Pastor Greg Locke is a senior pastor of Global Vision Bible Church in Mount Juliet, Tennessee. Pastor Locke, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, brother. I'm glad to be here. Oh, man. Well, it's exciting to have you. And uh, so here we are in this crazy crossroads period in our country. We're watching so many different things unfold, not only from a spiritual standpoint, but just watching so many people are confused. They're concerned. I want to get what's on Pastor Greg Locke's heart today. Well, you know, the Bible says that God's not given us a spirit of fear. And the problem is, if he's not giving it to us, then somebody has. And the media has sold America, especially the church, a bill of goods. And people are just afraid. And it's not just a mask situation or a virus situation. People are afraid of the virus. They're afraid of, you know, the rest of 2020. They're afraid of the whole election. You know, was it fraudulent? Was it not? Is Biden getting in? Is Trump going to be reelected? And everywhere I go, people are just, they're just scared. And there's this fear. And the problem is fear creates anxiety and anxiety creates people that aren't courageous. And so the enemy has the church in this place where they're not bold and they're not courageous and they're not outspoken because there's so much chaos. They don't know what to believe. And that spirit is certainly not from the Lord. And so we've got to, you know, use shows like this and use our pulpits and opportunities, you know, and doors that God's open and say, look, quit fearing. God is in control. This whole thing is going to work out. We have got to be bold because the favor follows the courage. Yes. And there's a lot of pastors that are like, well, you know, I'm afraid to open or I'm afraid to be too bold or be too politically involved. What we're finding, and you've been to our place a few times, what we're finding is that people follow bold, courageous leadership. And that's what oh, we yeah. need more than anything else. Absolutely. I want to talk a little about what's going on at your church because it, it's grown so much in this time that yeah. are you guys even able to go on Sunday back inside the sanctuary? You're, you've been having tent meetings outside. Yeah. Tell, tell everybody a little bit what's going on over there. Yeah, you know, we were one of the churches that just didn't close. I know some churches kind of saw the light of day and they reopened after a month or so, but we just didn't think it was in the context of who we are, you know, especially with my boldness to close it all. So we didn't. And so we stayed in the building for a while. The media was super, super crazy and vitriolic, as you know. And so we went out in the parking lot and did a couple of drive-in services, and they just kept growing. I, I thought it was kind of hokey. You know, I was like, man, this is so redneck. But people <laughs> just kept coming and kept coming. So we prayed about putting up a tent. And it was the dead heat of summer. You know, it was Memorial Day when we put it up. And I thought, man, there is nobody going to come to this tent. We were running, you know, consistently about 300 people at that time. Now we're running like 650 every weekend. Wow. Our building only seats 300 tight. And so we're not in a tent because of COVID. We're in a tent because the Lord's honored us staying open. And we just yeah. keep growing and growing. So even last night, you know, we had a special prayer meeting and we don't know what we're going to do. We're looking for either a bigger tent or a metal building. We're trying to expand our building now but it'll only give us another hundred seats or so. And then that's, there's nothing else we can do to this building. We're maxed out our yeah. parking and all of that. So it's a great problem to have, but it's still a problem. And yeah. so we're kind of seeing the revival that we've wanted for the last decade. You know, we prayed and prayed and now we're seeing it and it's come through the back door of somewhat of persecution and of the mm. media being so vitriolic and thinking we're going to kill everybody within 200 miles. But People are flying here from everywhere. There's about 20 states every Sunday that are represented under that tent. People are just hungry for truth. Wow. 20 states. So people are driving in from out of state just to come. Everywhere. To serve. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. we, had a, we had a family this past weekend that flew from uh, Portland just for the service, Portland, Oregon. And we had a, a family that flew from San Diego just for the service. And they said they're flying home, packing it all up and moving to Nashville. So they can wow. be a public level vision. It's crazy. 
Well, you know, that's because people are hungry and they're hungry for truth. And like you said, they want a pastor that's willing to speak, you know, boldly and in the full word of God, because society has pushed us. We know that if Joe Biden were to get in, which we're hoping he's he's not going to, but one of his top priorities is the Equality Act. And the Equality Act is an act that literally would make preaching some of the things that we as pastors preach hate speech. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we really could be seeing some great persecution ahead, but I know that you're, Pastor Greg, you're going to continue to speak boldly regardless. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but, you know, what are you feeling when it comes to the election? I know uh, I read your Twitter feed and, and you're pretty yeah. bold on it. What, what are you feeling right now? What, what should we be doing? Uh, well, we should certainly be praying, but I don't think we should be fretting because I, I honestly think that, well, I know that Trump won by a landslide, but yeah. I honestly think he's going to remain president for the next four years. I think there's so much corruption and fraud that's been uncovered. Anybody that would say, well, you know, we just we just don't see any widespread corruption. They have no discernment whatsoever, that's especially right. people in the body of Christ. They're like, well, you know, we, we don't think there was any fraudulency. And I'm like, do you even have a Bible that you read at any point? The Bible says in the last days it's going to be dangerous and there's going to be a strong delusion. And this delusion has begun because church people are delusional. They've yeah. lost their mind. There was absolute widespread frantic you know, fraudulency in this election. And But I'm still convinced that the litigators and uh, you know Miss Powell and all of them are going to be able to say, look, there's some people going to prison. You better concede while you still have a chance. Yeah, and so right. I'm still 110% on the Trump train, and the man is going to remain the president for the next four years. And like you said, if something were to happen and they stole the election, we're in for a very, very turbulent ride. It's going to get super, super bumpy really, really quick. Hopefully we can you know maintain the Senate and all of that. But if people think we're through, we're not. You know, December what 14th is the electoral vote. And so they're pushing everything they can, and it's it's all hands on deck at this point. But I'm fully convinced with no reservations and no doubts and no fears that, that Donald Trump is going to remain the president of the United States. I believe that. And, you know, what's so interesting, like I was telling one of my friends, is, is that, you know, almost every prophetic voice in America, every pastor that seems to have good discernment, like yourself, I mean, you have good discernment. I, I feel the same. You know, we all feel this. And that's yeah, what's so yeah. interesting in our spirit. Like God has not told me to stop praying for the president. God right. has, you know, not, you know, usually he would say, okay, move on, go to the next thing. But he's not told me that. And right. I really feel like he's wanting the body of Christ and the church. You know, the Bible says some things only through prayer and fasting. And yes. I believe he's wanting us to really fight for this. And that's what you're doing. Your church has been holding prayer meetings and gatherings. What is the temperature when the people gather to pray? What's it like? It, it's electrifying. You know, the people are excited. And they're excited because I'm excited. You know, everything rises and falls on leadership. If I come in and I got the Eeyore syndrome, oh, mother, I don't know if we're going to win this thing. You know, oh, my goodness. You know, we're going under socialism. They're going to close the church down. Then everybody would have that attitude. And that's what's wrong. But I come in and I'm like, boom, lickety split, man. We're going to preach the Bible. It doesn't matter. They're going to roll tanks up in here. I don't care. They're going to have to call the National Guard. And our people would go to war with me tonight. I mean, they are yeah. just excited because I'm excited. And I tell them, yes. look, there's no room for error on this. Either God's got it or he doesn't. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord and I'm not going to fret. I'm not going to worry. And so when they come to pray and we talk a lot about fasting, you know, Mark 9, 29, as yeah. you said, this kind cannot come out by prayer and fasting. There's some stuff you're not going to pray away, but you can fast it out. And I'm telling you, there is this spirit of dominance and control, mm. you know, this, this Jezebel spirit, this anti-authority spirit that has crept into America and it has infiltrated the church and yeah. nobody's calling it out. But, man, we call it out at our church. And because of that, man, our people are just lit on fire. Yes. And listen, and I, I, told, I don't know if you watched our broadcast last night, but I, I told our folks, sometimes I say things that to myself, 
make me very uncomfortable because <laughs> I never understood what it meant to flow in the prophetic and to, and to be able to interpret things, you know, in light of the Bible, not things that contradict the Bible, not wildfire, but, you know, prophetic voices and visions and, and words from the Lord. Man, I grew up super Baptistic and I was taught, don't you ever <laughs> even, don't you even go in that route. You know, wow. those are the charismaniacs. But yeah. I'm watching God confirm things and I'm watching him pour out his spirit on all flesh and the wow. sons and daughters and the handmaids are prophesying. And I'm watching the Lord do things in my life that I never imagined. I'm, I'm saying things and projecting things that I thought there is no way I would ever say that. And I say it and it happens. And I'm like, wow, what, what is going on? And so I'm learning through this how to operate and flow in a gift that I never even recognized that I had. And wow. so it's, it's been powerful for our church. That is amazing. You know, I, you're not the first person that's told me that, Pastor. I've heard this yeah. from another pastor as well recently of a large congregation. He says the Spirit of God has just descended upon him, and, yeah. you know, he doesn't really know quite how to take it, but he's yeah. in the prophetic. And I think it's, an, you know, it's an anti-move move of the Holy Spirit that yeah. we're seeing, you know, on his remnant church. And, you know, you have been uh, elevated in speaking, you know, publicly. You, you just started making these videos, and yeah. people started following you because of what you were saying, and it was anointed. And what you've been able to do, and you and others like you, is go around this mainstream media propaganda because yeah. uh, many people knew that there was something wrong, but they didn't quite know how to articulate it. And God's given you that gift of articulation. How did Amen. you start making these videos? How did start? Well, you know, the church was just kind of doing its own thing for a while. You know, we were just consistent, a couple hundred people. And I would travel a little bit because, you know, I was an evangelist for like 10 or 11 years before I started Global Vision 14 years oh, wow. ago. And so I decided one day, you know, I'm going to start making just little devotional snippets for our church. And so I would be in my car. Hey, guys, Pastor Greg Glock here. Let me tell you what I read this morning. And it was just simple videos, not really controversial, although that's kind of been in my nature. And then in 2000 and the end of 2015, I think it was beginning of 2016, uh, long story short, I did the world's longest mountain bike race. I'm, I'm a cyclist. And so what I did is I did a video. I had a Pastor Greg Locke page, a public figure page, but it only had like three or 4,000 people. And it took five years, you know, to get that. Right. And so I thought, I'm just going to do a video, a little controversial video. I'm going to stick it on there. And then I turned my phone off for two weeks to go do this video, to go do this ride. And man, the video just went bonkers. Uh, it was just after the Supreme Court, you know, initialized same-sex marriage. And I, yeah. and I did a video called I'm Coming Out of the Closet. And it was an idea. I'm coming out of the closet about boldness. I'm coming out of the closet about the power of the word of God. You know, Jesus is the only way to heaven. It's just a little rip snorting thing. It was like the first ranty style video I ever did. And it went nuts. So I got back from Canada and Mexico on that bicycle race across America. And man, that the page just grew and grew and grew. And so from there, I just started doing little things and they just got bigger and bigger. So then I got in the fight with Planned Parenthood, which was national. And then I did the, the target transgender bathrooms, which was, you know, Fox News and CNN and 30 million people watched that. And it just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And the church just began to grow. And so now pretty much I can just get on there and say, hey, guys, I, I wrote a new book. You know, I get a million views. It's, just, it's crazy. You know, you have that kind of power and you have to harness it because you can blow a lot of people's faces off with that kind of power. And there's been times I've had to delete videos. You know, I was a little bit maybe too forceful and not operating enough in the spirit. But it just seems like since the election, they've they've unshadow banned me in a lot of ways. I mean, I was silenced for like six months to a year. Wow. I couldn't hardly get any views with, you know, three million followers on two pages. And now it just seems like, you know, once a week, I'm at least getting a million, two million. It's crazy. And, and, and I found that when I go live, for some reason, thousands, tens of thousands of people get it quicker than if I do a video and upload it later on. So it's, it's really been an 
organic miracle to watch God just take this hillbilly from middle Tennessee and just give me this platform of millions and millions of people. It's, it's humbling, but I'm just going to, I'm going to ride the wave while God's letting me. Yeah. Well, you know what? You're willing to speak the truth, Pastor Greg. And that is, I think, like I said, what many people are so hungry for. You know, I get this a lot. You probably get this too, but many people come to me and say, I wish my pastor would talk about those things or, you know, I wish my church was open. And, you know, I know there's a lot of pastors that are also listening. What would you say to those ministers that, you know, maybe they don't have the boldness or they have a different type calling, but they're worried about the local health officials. They're worried about the the state government and they've been closed. They're trying to go, you know, the Romans road here. You know, what would you tell them? Yeah. Well, I I think the biggest problem is a lot of those pastors, you know, God bless them. They're, they're hemmed in to a certain traditional type voting mentality in the church. And so it's not that they're afraid of the government is that they're afraid of the deacons. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. They're afraid of the elders. They're afraid that uh, grandma is going to get nervous and leave the church. They're afraid Mm. that the biggest tithers, are going to leave. And so it's not really a Romans 13. It's, it's an Acts 5 issue. We ought to obey God rather than wow. man. And so I would say 90% of the guys I'm talking to that are sending me letters, they're like, look, we believe exactly what you're saying. We would love to say it, but we would be fired. And so it's more of a board situation than it is, you know, they care about what the government thinks situation. And so what I'm finding is these pastors that finally get a gut full and they're like, you know what? We're just going to defy the orders and we're going to tell the deacons, we're going to do what the Holy Ghost tells us to do. People show up. People yeah. just show up. Yeah. And I think the day of the mega church, this has kind of ruined the day of the mega church. Because mm. some of these churches finally reopen and like, you know, 20% of their people are showing up and they're bouncing around like BBs in a boxcar yeah. because people got too used to sitting on their couch, sipping a latte in their pajamas, right. you know, watching some dude on TV. And although we have a big, huge virtual audience, I mean, we probably have one of the largest church live streams on the planet. Yeah. And from a church of 600 people, that's daunting. I mean, we have yeah. hundreds of thousands of people that watch. But I still encourage people, find a local church. Get under a man of God. Get under some teaching. Get some discipleship. Get somewhere where you can be fed the truth of God's word. Because the, the power is not in the building. The power is in the gathering. Yeah. And these men of God need to understand, you know what? I need to quit having fear of nickels and noses because right now we are more financially stable than we have ever been in 14 years in the midst of a pandemic. And and we're able to give more and bless more people and meet the needs even here on our campus because favor follows obedience. And if these men would open their churches, people would show up. I promise you they would. I agree. And you know what I really appreciate about you? I've been your church a couple of times, like you mentioned, I think Charlie Kirk was speaking one day. And, you know, regardless of who's there, what I love is, first of all, you're approachable. Somebody could come up and talk to you. And you're gonna yeah, talk. I mean. <laughs> and, and the second part, I mean, you're sitting there baptizing people. You know, you got Charlie <laughs> Kirk over here. You're baptizing people after service. I said, no, that is awesome. You know, yeah. yeah. So, you know, I think that, like you mentioned, the, the day of the megachurch, you know, there's pastors that don't even know people that have been in their church for 20 years, yeah. you know, and I think there there needs to be accountability and mentorship, and you're mentoring a bunch of people, and, you know, you have leaders that then you mentor, then they mentor yeah. people, and, you know, but what, what would you say about discipleship and mentorship, and how important is that? Oh, my goodness. It is the... It's the lost art of the local church. You know, we talk about, oh, so-and-so got saved or so-and-so got baptized. That's great, but that's just the beginning of the Great Commission. And we have to disciple these people. And what we're finding is because of my demonstrative 
overt personality. We have a, a great number of men in our church that are like, you know what? I feel called to the ministry. I feel called to preach. What do I do? Right. And so I've done it in the past, but now we're really accentuating things where I'm training up men to preach yeah. in our church and letting them preach on Wednesdays and, you know, starting like a little, you know, Timothy club, you know, like preacher's right. class. And there's a lot of guys that are just coming to the surface that are even my 16 year old son, he can preach circles around a lot of people that have been in the ministry for a long time. And so my, personality, I, I guess, if you will, is kind of rubbing off to a lot of guys in our church and God's yeah. using that and anointing some of these men. And so, man, we're discipling people left and right. But you're right. It's so important. People don't know what to do next. When you hand them a Bible, then what? You know, where do they start? You got to let right. people know. And that's why one of the reasons I think our church is growing is because of expository, verse by verse, line by line, people grow, you know, in the yeah. word. I don't skip around all over the place. I say, this is what the Bible says. We take the good parts. We take the bad parts. Like last night when I'm preaching through Acts chapter two, I had to tell them, look, I'm growing through this just like you are because I was taught to explain this away. But you can't explain this away. It's in the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> and in the Bible, in Acts 2, he's actually quoting the Old Testament. And so it's not just, oh, that's for the Old Testament people. No, it's for New Testament people on the day of Pentecost, the day the yeah. church started. And so I'm finding that our people are just hungry for the word. They're starving for it. And they walk away, they're like, wow, I never knew the Bible was that exciting and that engaging. That's what people are looking for. They're yeah. tired of stories and tear-jerking illustrations and car salesmen. They want somebody to stand up and say, here's what the Bible says. Here's how you apply it to your life. Boom. When you do that, that's discipleship, man. Churches grow. That's right. I love Acts chapter 2, the suddenly of the Holy Spirit coming. Amen. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I think what we're seeing that it segues perfectly in, and I want to be considered your time, Pastor. So I got just two more questions for you. But you know, uh, when a revival comes, the Bible says it's new life, and many yeah. people are feeling that uh, new life is coming to our country, despite all the, the bad things that we're seeing and the negative. We believe that God is moving in our nation in Nashville. He's moving. Um, Amen. We're seeing a lot of, what do you feel with regards, there's a lot of people that have a bleak, you know, future view, you know, everything's going to get really, really bad. And I believe that we're going to be seeing persecution, sure. but do you believe that we're going to see revival in this nation? I believe we're in the groundswell of it right now. I mean, you look at just at simple things that you would have never imagined to happen five or 10 years ago. You know, you got uh, the Let Us Worship. You know, DC yeah. album is the number one album on the planet, you know, with That's Sean right. Foyt. And regardless of what people think about that guy, I'm telling you, the power of God has been radiating through that man's ministry. And yes. I mean, he's beat every secular country, rock, pop, rap, <laughs> MTV, you know, whatever. He's beat them all hands down and people are starving to death. And I'm reading these reports where, you know, people are listening to this music, not even knowing what it is. They're just downloading it because it's the number one album. Homosexuals are coming back to the Lord and yes. people are getting their marriages restored. And I'm like, God's doing it. Yes. I mean, he is doing it from coast to coast. Right. It's almost like the persecution in the Chinese church. The underground church is growing so much. And so since everything's been closed down, God's kind of weeded out the crowd. He's kind That's of thinned right. out the, you know, the, the wheat and the tares, the sheep and yes. the goats. And he's raising up an army of people. And I believe we are seeing the beginnings of this revival. Is it going to yes. get bad? Yeah, the Bible predicts it's going to get bad. But I think the bad is going to be balanced with the glory of God. And Amen. people are going to be saved. People are going to be lined up to be baptized. Churches are going to grow. I don't care if they're meeting in a Walmart parking lot. I'm telling you, God is going to get his glory one way or the other. And so I just want to be a small part of it. I want to be a voice in it. You know, yeah. John the Baptist had no personality whatsoever, but the whole area came to hear him because he was a voice crying in the wilderness. That's and right. people are starving for a revival voice. And so more than anything, I want to be a revivalist. I want to be yes. somebody that promotes the glory of God and say, yeah, we are living in the last days and revival is here and yes. revival is coming. I believe it. 
Man, that is so exciting. You know, when I was in California, Sean Foyt was running for Congress and we, you know, we worked together. And yeah. I remember when he lost and I said to myself, man, that guy's such a cool guy. I wonder what's, you know, going to happen. I didn't want him to be yes. upset. Or, and then the next thing you know, we see him on the beach with thousands of people. <laughs> thousands. He came all around. He came to Nashville and, you know, I got to pray out there and, and hang out with him. And I just yes. love that guy. And I just find this so cool that God is connecting the remnant. It's amazing. Yes. That it's, you know, in Mount Juliet or California or yep. Texas or and and these and you know remnant pastors remnant leader coming together. This is a sign of the times, I believe, and it's crossing denominational barriers. Yes. And uh, you know, like you said, you know, the Holy Spirit's been revealing Himself in new ways to you, new ways to yep. me. So uh, you know, as we get ready to close here, uh, Pastor Greg, uh, you know, thank you for everything you're doing. Tell us yes, a little sir. bit about your book and the different things that you're doing, so people can. I know many of us probably already follow you, but for yeah. those that don't. Uh, you know, what you're up to. Yeah, the, the best way they can find us and follow us is just Pastor Greg Locke online, you know, as far as uh, Facebook, the blue check mark, or we have the On Point Show, you know, it's also on Facebook. All of my handles across everything, Parler, Twitter, Instagram, you know, all of that, TikTok, is uh, at Pastor Locke, you know, L-O-C-K-E. And so all of those platforms are just growing exponentially. And like I said, I'm just going to keep preaching and praying and you know, banging the gospel drum for Jesus until they take them away. We did just put out the, the recent book, you know, about a month and a half ago. This means war. We will not surrender through silence. And we're actually working on kind of a follow-up booklet right now about spiritual warfare. And and I don't think I, you know, I tell folks I'm not a prophet nor son of a prophet, but a lot of this stuff that, that I wrote in here, you know, people are like, oh, that's not going to happen. It's happening like right now in the news, you know, with all these churches being closed and just the, the lack of courage that we're seeing. And, you know, what's what's coming on the horizon with the whole vaccine and how they're going to be able to push that and promote that and use that as a strong delusion. And so they can go to Amazon and they can get that. But, man, I'm just I'm just honored and humbled by what the Lord is doing. Uh, it's it's a daunting responsibility. The number of people that are not just coming here that I pastor personally, because I am an approachable guy and I love people, yeah. you know, at the heart of all of it, I'm just a pastor, you know, that's yeah. it. But I'm just, I'm just blown away by the millions of people that just follow us and reach out and all the speaking engagements I go to just packed out the door, you know, I'm like, why in the world are people wanting to meet me? You know, why are people wanting to shake <laughs> my hand and buy my book? You know, it's just, it's crazy, but, but God's good, you know, to God be the glory. And man, I just, I appreciate you and, and guys that stand and programs like this that just help us get the message out. Yes. Well, Pastor Greg, it's so uh, it's an honor for me to call you a friend. And I can tell anybody that watching, you are the real deal and very kind, humble man that's just standing for the word of God. So we thank you and thank uh, you. appreciate you. We'll have you again soon. Pastor Greg Locke, make sure to pray for him. And we'll be back with more of the Rem Radio.